Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Grace and peace to all. This is Dr. Jackie King with Jones Memorial United Methodist Church. This is our online Lenten study. Uh, we have walk through a few weeks, and we're now on our third week of studying together. If this is your first time online with us, if you're on by computer, you'll be able to type your information in the text box, and that will be shared with all who are online with us this evening. If you're on by telephone, I'll invite you to engage by reading scripture, maybe praying, responding to thoughts and questions and reflections. But this is an interactive study, and we're focusing on the devotion, which is called The Sanctuary for Lent. Um, it's written by Sue Mink. I will read the scripture and the devotional as we begin, and then lay out how we're going to study uh, tonight. We're looking at the, the, the following thought. We follow Jesus and do what Jesus did love, serve, reach, and teach. So tonight we're going to talk about the relationship of what it means to connect with Jesus. What does it mean for Jesus to reach us, and how is it that we reach and connect with the Lord thy God? So we're excited that we have an opportunity again to study his word. Those of you who are on by telephone, you'll be able to respond and interface as well as those who are on the line, you just type in the box and we'll begin there. For those who have just gotten on, we'll be studying John 15 as our core passage tonight. And I will start with the reading of John 15, 1 through 6, then read our devotional and pray, and we'll jump right into the study. John 15 is known as the passage about the vine and the branches. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branch. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown down and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, 
and burned. Jesus is the vine. Any gardener knows that a branch cut from a vine quickly turns brown and dies. Branches are viable only when they are able to get the nourishment that they need through the main vine, which is rooted and supported. That is the vine that gives the branches life. Our purpose as followers of Christ is to bear fruit or simply to please God by being Christ-like. The only way we can do this is by being immediately, intimately connected to Christ. Anything that damages the relationship we have with Jesus damages our ability to have a fruitful life. Like a bruised branch, our spiritual life starts to wither and die. Our ability to live a life pleasing to God is entirely dependent upon our relationship to the vine, nothing else. This passage is important for our individual spiritual life and the life of the church, too. It can be very difficult to tell where branches on a vine begin and end. They are all woven together and work together, encircling the one true vine. A healthy church is intimately connected to Jesus, working together to produce the fruits of a Christ-like community in a broken world. Hear this prayer. Jesus, may I always remain in you, alive in your love and blessings, and producing fruit for your kingdom. Gracious and loving God, we pray right now for this time of study. As we gather together to study during this Lenten season, open our eyes, open our ears, that we may see and hear a word from you. Guide us and direct us together as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, welcome to online Bible study. Tonight we are studying John chapter 15, and we're looking at the relationship. What does it mean to be reaching out into the community? What does it mean to be connected to Jesus Christ? And what does it mean to be a part of the branches that are part of the vine that is a vine from Jesus Christ? So we'll start with the simple things. What did you hear in these first six verses of John 15? Who is the vine? Jesus is the vine, and we cannot survive without the vine, because if you don't have the vine, uh, you will not totally be able to produce or do certain things that you would like to do, because the vine is the main thing in life, seems like. Right, the vine is the main thing in life, and God the Father is the gardener. And the scripture quickly tells us right off at the top, it says that he cuts off the branches that bear no fruit. What is uh, what does it look like when your tree doesn't bear any fruit? Anybody anybody a gardener on the phone? What does it look like um, online tonight? Anybody? It doesn't look very good, even when you, okay, this time of a year, let's say, mm-hmm. We always say February 14th. It's time to prune the rose bush back. 
Okay. Okay. We prune the rose bush back. It just looks horrible. Some of us do not even prune it back because it looks so bad as if it will never come back. But it does come back, but it looks dreadful. Right. It looks dreadful. And that's the part I want you to realize. It says he cuts every branch that bears no fruit, while it says the ones that do bear fruit he prunes. The difference between being cut and being pruned, the prune is shaping. The prune is only taking off what is not functioning. So the pruning is cutting back with an expectation that it will grow even more fuller and it will bear more fruit. But when God cuts the branch off totally because it has not been fruitful, then he's not expecting that particular branch to grow any further. Now, that part of the tree may be cut off and it may be nurtured back to life, but when he's pruning, he's molding and he's shaping and he's adjusting so that we will grow stronger. But when it's cut off because you didn't bear any fruit, then that's a picture that says you're done for a moment. Now, if you grow back after that because there's some nurturing and love and extended, but the other piece of this part, it says you cannot bear fruit by yourself. The branch has to remain on the vine because that vine supports life. If Jesus is the one that's supporting our life, what does it look like when we're connected to Jesus? What does it look like when us as body of Christ, believers, Christ, disciples, however you want to name yourself, what does it look like when you're connected to the vine? Growth. Success. Growth. Growth. Success. What else does it look like? We should have some of the fruits of the Spirit. We should have some of the fruits of the Spirit. There should be something evident within us. The, the the devotional says that the purpose as followers of Jesus Christ is to bear fruit or simply to pe- please God by being Christ-like. And Christ-like means we're exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit. Christ-like means we're loving our neighbors. Christ-like means we're forgiving and we're caring for one another. Christ-like means we are being the body of Christ. But if we're not bearing fruit, what happens to us in our relationship? If we're not bearing fruit, we're in the world. Deterioration? We're operating in the world. Okay. Could someone read in John 15, verses 7 through 10? Would someone read John 15, verses 7 through 10? If you're on the phone, you can read. If you're on by computer, you can type in information. But I need someone who's on by the phone to read John 15, verses 7 through 10. All right, I need a reader. You got it? Okay. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself 
to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. What Jesus is trying to help us see in our relationship with him is that love is critical. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done. This is my Father's glory that you through showing yourselves to be my disciples. Jesus expects us to engage in relational living. Human beings, humanity is created to be in relationships, to be connected, to stay in connection with the vine and the branches because the branch and the vine, all connections, those are our source of life. But what feeds our life, what creates an opportunity to bear much fruit is that we remain not only connected, but remain in a relationship of love. When you hear that Jesus loves you, what does that tell you about who you are? What does it mean when you can say, Jesus loves me, this I know? What does it mean for Jesus to love you? It means that he sacrificed everything that us as humanity could have life and have life abundantly. He made the ultimate life sacrifice, but in this scripture he's reminding us that if you remain in me and I, my words remain in you, in other words, what you declare about who you think God is and how you love and exhibit that, all of those things remain then the love of Christ is in you. Would someone read verses 12 through 17? Can I get someone to read John 15, 12 through 17? Those of you on by phone, I need your help. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no... No one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit fruit that will last, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. I want you to underline that in your Bible. It says, this is my command. Love each other. And it says, not only love each other, but I've appointed you that you might go and bear fruit. In other words, the love that God has given you, he expects that love to bear fruit in other places. 
He expects us to go and serve and love in his name so that you're bearing fruit in his name everywhere you go. But he also says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. In other words, he's letting the disciples know that when I go to the cross, I choose to go to the cross because I see you as my friend. I see you as worth the sacrifice. I see your life as as a life I see it as very important because I'm going to lay down my life, but I also want you to understand that my love is real and I want it to last. Okay, who will read John 15, verses 18, 18 through 25? Did someone read? Why don't you read 18 through 20, and then I'll get someone to read 21 through 25. Who will read John 15, 18 through 20? If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teachings, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have both they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. I want you to see this passage is because a lot of times people will say, you know, I'm doing the very best and the world just doesn't seem to appreciate what I'm doing. The world doesn't seem to care that I'm, I'm extending this love and support. They act very strange. But in this passage, Jesus is teaching what it means to be connected to the vine and how important it is for us to understand the love of Jesus Christ. But he's also teaching us through the lens that says, this is why the world hates you. Keep in mind, before they hated you, they hated me. If you belong to the world, then... You would understand, but you don't belong to the world because you are part vine. You are part of my branches. Therefore, different than the people that are in the world made you from the world. Persecution and things that we see, we have to be willing to pray and ask God to to speak to us. But just because we extend love to the people in the community or we extend love 
to our neighbors up the street. Yes, there's an expectation that they would love us back, but sometimes they don't. Every person that you love, do they love you back? The answer is no. Because we are disciples of Jesus Christ, Jesus has an expectation that we would continue to love and love boldly because we're right Question, thought. Okay. Matthew 15, 26 and 27. It says, when the advocate comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth goes out from the Father. He will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the very beginning. In other words, what God has done for you, he expects you at the appointed time to share that testimony. Anybody have a testimony that says you know that Jesus loves you? Anybody have an example of just this week or in your lifetime that you can say, I know Jesus loves me because? I know Jesus loves me because he has healed me. I know Jesus has loved me because he has kept me. I know Jesus loved me because he makes a way out of no way. I know Jesus loves me because he is my alpha and my omega. He is my breath of life. But if we go back to this very beginning of the scripture, we can say, I know Jesus loves me because he is true vine, and God the Father is partner. Because I know Jesus loves me because he saved my life when I was young and wild. And Jesus loves me because he's made a difference throughout my whole life. He's kept me when nothing else matters. I know Jesus saved me and loved me because I still live. Just sit down and think of all the ways it what it means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But what does it mean to say to yourself, Jesus expects me to love others? I want to ask just as plain as question. Does everybody in the world act lovable? No. Judge or no. Does everybody act no. lovable? No. No. Okay. That sometimes, even as disciples of Jesus Christ, are there times when we don't act lovable? Yes. Yes. And so even though we know that he is the true and living God, this part of the scripture that says the work of the advocate reminds us that there's somebody that's going to come when I go to heaven. We now live in a place and space where the Holy Spirit reigns and rules, and the Holy Spirit is the comfort. The Holy Spirit is the one who has the spirit of truth that sent us that says, I am here because Jesus sent me. I am here to care for you, but I'm also here to remind you, you should be able to testify to God. The goodness of God's healing, the goodness of God's transformation. So from the very beginning, whether it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, 
there is a relationship within the triune trinity, but it's also a reminder that there's a relationship connection to us. We cannot live what the life God is calling us to live. We choose not to live connected to the vine who is Jesus Christ. So being disconnected, not being pruned, but being fully cut off says we've made a willful choice not to follow after Jesus because Jesus seeks to change each of our lives from a worldly life to a life of grace, love, and mercy. So we are connected to the vine. We live. When we are connected to the vine, relationally, we are fed through the love of Jesus Christ. But there's an expectation that as being part of that branch, that we send love unto others. Any questions or thoughts about this scripture, John 15? Uh, Anything that jumps out, anything that... uh, want to pay attention to a little bit? Okay. Well, I want to take you to verse 2 and verse 6. I want you to see this. So if you would go back up into your Bibles to look at John 15, verse 2, and John 15, verse 6. Verse 2 says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit prunes so that it will be even fruitful. Early in our conversation, someone mentioned the fact that in February, you cut back the roses, and the it really looks horrible. It looks dismal. It looks like they'll never grow again. Jesus is pruning us. He is getting us in shape. The pruning is never comfortable, but it's done carefully so that we would be able to bear more fruit in the future. So, uh, what Where are you going? When Jesus, as a believer in Jesus Christ, anybody, what does it mean when your life is being pruned? Do you have any idea what it means life is being pruned? Well, according to what you just said, we are being shaped into the method of the way that the Almighty would like for us to be in the future. So pruning can take time. It doesn't happen all at one time. And it doesn't mean you get pruned in one season and then you never get pruned again. Pruned is an ongoing process that takes its time. Um, some somebody wrote pruning made me that you're losing friends because those friends God wants you to grow. So though that pruning process is those people aren't in your life in this season. Another person wrote you're being pruned when you're learning how to wait on directions from the Lord. When you're waiting for God and you're being sitting and you're being focused on what God you to do. That's a waiting process and that's a pruning process. Okay, so we got a picture of what pruning means. But I also want you to look at verse 6. It says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, 
and burned. In other words, when you are cut off and you don't remain in the Lord, it doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't care for you and the Lord does not walk with you and remain with you, but if you're not connected, that branch is thrown away. And Where did you get this from? And it's burned and it's in the fire. In other get words, in there. get in there. Excuse me, you can't. You're online with us, so we can hear everything. So thank you. Um, but you're being pruned. Pruned is one thing, but being thrown away and burned. In other words, that part is being disintegrated. So if that part is being disintegrated, how do you think you reconnect? You have to be willing to say, whatever is left in me, I will resubmit my life to Christ. I will turn away from sinfulness, and I will turn to God so that I can be reconnected and be part of another branch from the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus wants no one to be destroyed, but he also says, we will be pruned, meaning that there's work to be done and he's going to discipline our lives. And number two, if we're not growing, then that part is cut off. And we have to want to reestablish and reconcile with Jesus Christ. So we have to be willing to say, I'm going to turn away from the wicked ways of the world and I'm going to repent and turn back to Jesus so that I can reconnect and be part of the branches because I need the vine of Jesus Christ to live. So part of what we have to remember with this, as poetic as this particular passage is, it's about relationship, and it's about relationship and loving God. It's also about relationship and that God is going to prune us and discipline us and grow us up. It's about loving people who may not ever love you back. But it's about understanding if we're going to reach and teach and serve and love and do that which God has called us to do, we cannot always have an expectation that the world is going to love us back. But we must understand there's a direct correlation between being the branch connected to the vine who is addressed by the gardener who is the Father, the Lord thy God. Questions, thoughts? All right. Well, it's time to lift up uh, our prayer needs. Um, We have many persons who are on our sick and shut-in list, so we will lift them up for God's healing. Uh, We will lift up our community. Are there other uh, prayer needs that we need to lift up this evening? Well, yes. Um, before we go to the prayer needs, I think we need to always give thanks to the Almighty, Powerful King, who does everything for us. And sometimes we fail to say thank you. But before I ask him, I want to say thank you. Amen. Amen. So, therefore, I need to learn to say thank you more before I ask, because there's always a need in our life. So there are some families that I'd like to. And I know that things will work out for them. We'd like to ask the Almighty to help the Brady family, the Dugas family, the Julian family, and the Baxter family. And as always, I give thanks and praise 
to Dr. King for all that she does for everyone because sometimes she doesn't get enough flowers. And I want to say thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Other prayer requests? Shane Reed. Price of Jones Memorial Church family. We are the branches and you are the true vine and our Father God is the gardener. And so, God, we thank you for the spaces and places where pruning our lives and that you have not cut us off because of where we have been. And God, first and foremost, we come just thanking you for being God all by yourself. And, Lord, we know that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly well. And we know that the Advocate and the Holy Spirit is with us all the time. For, Father God, that is our living connection. That is our relational lifeline. Because without the comfort and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, where would we be, Lord? But we thank you that you are our Alpha and our Omega. You are all that we ever need. And, God, not only are you our source and our everlasting source, but, God, you are the reason that we live. So we come right now saying thank you, Lord, for the breath of life. Thank you, God, for making a way out of no way. And, Lord, there are many people who are on the sick and sudden list. There's even someone here whose father is the needs to be healed and is on life support. Father God, if it is your will, we thank you in advance for not only healing but the miraculous power of allowing nurses and doctors to work carefully and diligently upon this Father. But God, we thank you that your hands and your heart is leading and directing everything that they do. But God, we thank you that you have sent us into a community to serve. And we thank you, Lord, that lives are changed because somebody said yes. And Lord, even though we may not see everything manifest at the moment. We know that you are an everlasting God of grace and mercy. But, Father God, it is your joy, and within your joy we are made complete. And because of that love, that you should love one another, that it can multiply and it can bear much fruit. So, Father God, I thank you for 
Shane Reed in the moments that he sees. I thank you, Lord, for the road of healing, even though somebody may be grieving tonight. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Father God, I lift up the Brady family, the Douglas family, the Julius family, the Baxter family, all the families at Jones Memorial and in the community and beyond. I thank you, God, that you are setting in motion a new thing, Lord. But you said that we need to be connected because we are the branches and you are the vine. So, God, I thank you that you would extend the healing and, and safety and traveling mercies to every student family that is in and out and about during spring break. We thank you, God, that in the quietness of our heart when someone is grieving, that the move of the Holy Spirit would extend that that love that is ever so special. And, God, we thank you that in the midst of all that is being done, that we give you the glory and the honor. Because, Father God, when we leave this time of prayer and this ongoing study, we want to know that when we return to our particular circumstances of our own lives, that, God, you will always be there with us. So help us to go forth stronger in our faith and in our hope for God, you have made everything new. And we thank you, Lord, for the life of Jesus Christ as we journey during this Lenten season. Help us to be not only repentant but reflective for the power to do your will. And, Father God, as we go forth as witnesses, that we would share with somebody else the goodness of God, the reliance that you give us so that we can depend upon you in everything that we do. So, Lord, as we serve and love and reach and teach in your name, that we will be bold, that we will be courageous, that we will be faithful, and that we will live for you, God. But we won't take any of the glory because it's only because of you that we live. For as branches connected to the vine, in care of by the Gardener, we are truly humble, grateful, and thankful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I am Dr. Jess King, Jones Memorial United Methodist Church. We're located at 2504 Almeda Genoa Road in Southwest Houston. Our worship services are every Sunday at 8.45 and 11 a.m., I invite you to come. I'll be preaching this Sunday, both services. If you're in the Houston area, come on by. But if you are just out and about and you want to know what is God doing and you need a place to say hello to the Lord, stop by Jones Memorial, and I pray that someone there will definitely extend the love of Jesus Christ unto you. May you have a blessed and awesome week. Next week we'll study one more time, and I pray that as we've looked at what it means to love and serve and reach. And this last week, we With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.